Hey, hey guys, it's Phil Granger, uh, better known as the sheriff from Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Don't forget to tune in to Don't Go Out There podcast. No, no, Allison, don't go out there. Allison, don't go out there. You don't know what it's like out there. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all support. Uh, tonight, we're starting a new theme month of film reviews, but before we jump into that, we're just going to uh, knock the business part out real quick. I want to give a quick shout-out to our website, don'tgooutthere.com. You can find all of our episodes, interviews, our celebrity shout-outs, all the good stuff on there. And you can find our social medias. We got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all the you know the main ones. Uh, just search Don't Go Out There and you'll find us. And I'm going to pass it off to Brian real quick, and he's going to give you a quick message from our new sponsor, Loot Crate. Yeah, so you know we get all the time, you know, since we don't do Patreon, how, how can you guys support us? Well, this is it. Um, we've partnered with Loot Crate, uh, the subscription box service, uh, where – if you sign up on any of their boxes, whether it be the fry box, the pop culture box, whatever, use BF15. Uh, that's B as in Brian, F as in Franklin, 15 for the amount of movies Nico has seen or, or, or the amount of movies that Mike hasn't seen, which is probably too high. But, you know, that, that will get you 15% off. Um, just go to our website or lootcrate.com. Um, make sure you get that code in, you know, so our, so our show gets a credit. Um, we're also right now giving away per free personalized picture and sticker with our, with our show logo. Just, just DM us proof, you know, as you signed up, um, you know, shout out to, uh, to Joe Larson and Shan Petrovich for, for signing up. Um, those guys are super fans for sure. Um, it's BF 15 guys. It really helps us out. We're really excited about this partnership. Definitely. Definitely. And like I said, just a few minutes ago, we're starting a new theme month. We're taking on Horror Comedy Month, and tonight we're kicking it off with uh, Dustin's pick, 2010's Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Uh, Dustin, you want to kick us off why you picked this movie? Yeah, sure. So, uh, I this movie had been out probably God, seven years before I saw it. Um, I never heard of it. It was suggested to me by a girl, and we ended up watching it, and I laughed my ass off. And it's just, it's, it's been one of those movies. It was on Netflix for the longest time. It's not on there anymore, sadly, but I did order the Blu-ray on Amazon recently. That's how much I love it. Um, it's one of those movies I could just put on anytime and I'll laugh and I'll enjoy it every time. Like it's the first time I've seen it. Uh, the uh, meta aspect to it, it, it definitely have some vibes. Like it's a uh, cabin in the woods reminds you of that, uh, which I reviewed favorably. Mm -hmm. So when we got to the, horror comedy theme that we were going to do. I've already picked scary movie two, which would have been my other choice. So I was like, hell yeah, brother, let's do it. So uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things where I was kind of looking for an excuse to pick this movie since I joined the show. And now I've got my excuse where I don't have to feel bad because it is a comedy. It's a damn good one. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I'll go next real quick. 
Uh, I didn't see this movie until last year at some point, watch it on Netflix, and I enjoy the movie. Uh, it's funny. I don't, I'll get into it later. I don't think it, the laughs hold up as well to me personally as Scary Movie 2, but I still like this movie. Uh, it's enjoyable. It's a fast watch. I think the two actors who portray Tucker and Dale do a, a great job. And I learned that on uh, the Dead Meat film review, the kill count, that the two actors actually stayed on set, you know, after the set work was done or whatever, just to get to know each other even more and stay in character. So you can tell that they put in a lot of hard work. Uh, we had a few of the cast members comment on our Instagram post today, and they were just saying how much fun and how, how great of an experience this was on set. And you can tell that they had fun on this. So I think this is a fun movie, and I would Absolutely. definitely recommend a watch on it. Uh, Brian, you want to go next? For sure. Um, so let me say this about the horror comedy genre first. I mean, it's it's so hard to pull off correctly, for one. Um, you know, I, I really love this genre, but, you know, like most things, comedy is subjective, you know, for sure. A slapstick just really isn't my thing. Um, but this kind of horror comedy where it takes itself seriously as a movie and a story and then, you know, interweaves that comedy throughout and you get that perfect blend of like horror and comedy. This is my favorite genre if you can get that correct. Um, you know, not just to put down parodies like Scary Movie because, you know, some stuff like that is super quotable and, and super fun to watch and to do so. But but not like this where it's like actually a really good movie as well. And, you know, there's not too many that can, uh, too many movies that, you know, can walk that horror comedy tightrope so well. And this one does it for me. Um, the writers, Eli Craig and Morgan Jorgensen were, were huge fans of them. And you can tell in, in this movie is like a mixture of Friday the 13th, Deliverance, Evil Dead, Wrong Turn, uh, Texas Chainsaw, all molded into one film. And uh, I, I really am glad I watched it. I liked it a lot. Uh, yeah, so this time watching it was only my second time watching this movie. I caught this uh, however many years ago it's been now, but when it was still on Netflix, I enjoyed it then, and I enjoy it now. For a lot of the reasons that Brian said, this is a very well-done horror comedy. Um, I like that it didn't go all the way into the... It didn't go super far into the meta, which normally I know I love meta, um, but sometimes in a horror comedy where it's trying to be funny... Sometimes that meta doesn't work for me. And in this one, it's just enough splashed on there where I think it works. Um, it, you know, it would have been a little bit too cabin in the woods like, and I like that this movie is different. It gives us a different explanation for why all these crazy horror things are happening. And I, I think it does a very, very good job of doing that. It didn't go all the way into the goofy, scary movie territory that Brian touched on, which can work. You know, we, I, I think collectively as a group, we both like those first two scary movies at least so there was definitely something to that um but i love this script this concept you know brian and dustin kind of both made a good point where th this is still a good this is a good horror comedy because it's still a good movie um it takes itself seriously enough to where i can invest in some of these characters and it's not just it's not just schlocky you know haha -ha jokes for laughs the the humor is in the writing the humor is in the delivery of the lines and i think that is really what makes this a really good horror comedy it, it, it walks the line so perfect um you know our main characters have depth uh not all of them obviously some of them are on screen to die uh but that is you know every horror movie and i love that they kind of go into that trope you could tell 
the, the writers are big time horror fans. When you watch this movie, you know, you touched on all the influences. This movie, same as Cabin in the Woods, has a very cabin fever like uh, thing. You know, you go to the gas station. It's got all the the creepy townspeople, the creepy guy behind the counter. It has all of that. It plays into that. But then you get your creepy trucker guys and they're not bumbling idiots, but they're very just good old boys from the, you know, from the country. And I, I like I like the characters of Tucker, Dale, Allison and Chad. For the reasons that, you know, they have depth. I care about these characters. I want to see what happens. And a big positive for this movie is, is that it has a fast runtime. It flies by. I love that about this movie. It is a it is a very good positive. Look, there's a few nitpicks here and there. I'll get into some of the effects, uh, some of the leaps in logic. But again, when you're dealing with a movie that's kind of satire on the genre, you kind of have a hard time... Uh, knowing if that was on purpose or not, you know, so it's kind of, it's kind of up in the air, but again, a lot of fun and really excited to talk about it. Definitely. Does anybody got any more opening thoughts? We're jumping to scene by scene. Let's do it. All right. The film starts with found footage of news reporters investigating a cabin. We see the woman struck with a pipe and the cameraman runs, he runs away, but he collapses after something is thrown into his back. The camera now reveals the attacker, a man with a burnt and bloody face and an evil look. Now we get a title card. And three days ago, we see a group of friends driving a country road in the woods, mountains area. The college kids are having, you know, just basic college talk. And the truck they almost hit passes them by and gives an ugly stare. They forgot the beer, so they stop at the country gas station. They wander the store as we meet Tucker ordering some home improvement goods at the counter. Allison and Chloe walk outside, creeped out. Dale is outside now eating pickled eggs and is infatuated with Allison. He's terrified to go talk to her, though. Uh, Tucker gasses him up somewhat and encourages him to go shoot his shot with her. Dale walks over to Allison with, like, a scythe-looking thing and asks (laughs) if they're going camping with an evil laugh. Chad tells them that they want no trouble. They all load up and flee the awkward Dale. Back on the road, Dale vents that he can't talk to the ladies. Tucker says he has inferiority complex and to go after what you want. The sheriff pulls him over, and Dale is in the giving roadhead position. Dale sits up with his shirt off (laughs) as the sheriff gets to the window. Tucker, that's what it was. Tucker tells the sheriff they're, they're going to their vacation home to do some repairs and fishing. Sheriff tells them only pain and suffering like you can't imagine is up there and tells them to get their broken taillight fixed. Back on the road, and they finally make it to the cabin. Dale calls it perfect, and is in awe of the place. They go inside, and I wrote, it's a dump, but they love it. There's bones hanging in the house and a bunch of newspaper clippings. Tucker touches a wooden beam and a board from the ceiling with a bunch of nails sticking out of it, falls and almost hits his face, but Dale tackles him to the ground before he's struck. The college kids are camping now and around a campfire. 20 years ago today, Chad tells them the Memorial Day Massacre story. Flashback. College kids are jamming out and drinking. Then the song changes to a country song. A redneck throws a blade, a saw blade into a guy's face, killing him. And one of the girls is stabbed in the neck in the throat area with a machete. Chad says only one person lived to tell a story and the rest disappeared. Uh, Mike comes back to the campfire and says he found a lake and they should go skinny dipping. All right, Brian, that's the first two scenes I got. What do you think, brother? 
Yeah, so right off the bat, like the found footage part here kind of confused me. I mean, I didn't know if it was like meant to be misdirection or what am I missing with that? I don't know. It just kind of stood out a little bit out of place um, to kind of start it off with. Um, the aerial shot of the truck driving down the wooded road um, was actually taken from 2004's like Without a Paddle, which is another movie I like. That whole, my mind's telling me no. I love that movie. Um a few more little fast facts. Uh, Tyler Labine as Dale actually had to eat a numerous, uh, eat numerous pickled eggs for that scene and made himself sick. So I, I watched an outtake of him like struggling to keep it down, and I have to say that kind of made me that kind of made me laugh. Um, you know, I was a, I was a little bit curious too about Dale's hat and what the uh, the giver meant. And uh, according to what I found, it's basically like the Canadian version of Get Her Done, which. Um, they were in Canada shooting because the writers, um, I mentioned in my, my opening, Eli Craig and Morgan Jorgensen, they actually had this thing written in 06 after basically like sitting around like, you know, us four right here and just talking about movies and laughing together about it. And, and, uh, but it wasn't able to get any funding till like 2009 when they partnered with this Canadian company, um, which I know I went off a little bit of tangent there with that, but. Um, I love the scene at the gas station. You know, I like how it's, you know, they kind of let the audience in on the whole joke and, and let you know that, you know, this isn't going to be your typical horror movie, uh, you know, nor spoof for that matter, which, you know, kind of said in my opening too, that I'm glad they didn't do that. And, and I like how it takes itself seriously for the most part. Um, Alan Tudyk is freaking amazing to me. He makes this film. Um, I love that dude and everything he's been in from a Knight's Tale, Dodgeball, Rogue One. Um, he's some of the best parts in all those freaking classics. And, um, he's the streetwise one in here and he plays him so well. Um, and actually another little fun fact is that chewing tobacco is actually beef jerky. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I laughed pretty hard at that Dale approaching the teens with that, uh, grim reaper Sith and, uh, and my God, them getting pulled over. Um, first off, I did kind of note like why the broken turn signal. I, I didn't, I guess I didn't notice when they turned to me. I thought they were just driving straight the entire time we saw them. Um, but I got that gag and, uh, you know, it, it was, it was funny to me. Um, that cabin obviously referenced evil dead and obviously the campfire Friday the 13th franchise. But the, uh, if you have a recurring dream about sucking a dick and never do it, are you gay? <laughs> and everybody was like, yes, that absolutely cracked my ass up. Also in the running, you know, for best kills right off the damn bat with the, uh, with the old college kids, because that damn saw blade to the face and that machete to the throat. I didn't realize how much I missed these kills. Actually, the last what month that we we haven't uh, reviewed a, uh, a a film with actually decent kills in it. Um, I loved it. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so I love how this. You know, I kind of touched on it in my open, but love how it sets up the typical cabin horror movie. Uh, you know, with the standard creepy guy at the counter, creepy townspeople, creepy truckers staring at you. I love how it kind of lets us in that that this is. Clearly, people that know the genre, they love the genre, but we're kind of flipping it on its head here because even in this first scene, the guys that are supposed to be creepy and not likable are the opposite. And the teenagers, the college kids that we're supposed to be following are kind of assholes and very unlikable, minus Allison, obviously. And so, and honestly, in this scene, even Allison. So I like how that kind of flips it on its head. And they established that very early on the kind of movie that we're in for. I love that. Um, I, I love, I love the Grim Reaper thing too. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Um, I think Dale is the emotional arc of this movie is a very good choice um, because he kind of looks, you know, mean, scary, and very, 
you know, if you're going with a judgmental look, that's kind of the vibe we're getting. And, and he's a completely different person from that. And I, I like that he has that depth. He kind of shows it here. He's a bumbling idiot because he's nervous and, and, you know, it shows don't judge a book by its cover, which is kind of the whole message in this movie. Really. Um, I love, uh, when they get pulled over, he was getting some head or that's how it looked. That's what I would have thought anyway, which is, I mean, you know, Hey, Deeds their own, no big deal there. But you know, Brian, I wrote it down too that I and I'm going all the way back to the beginning and I meant to say it early. I was confused by the found footage until I kind of thought that it was almost just there because they're fans of the genre and they threw it in there as, you know, another nod. That's the only thing I can think of because it really doesn't hold up. But when you think about the kind of movie they're trying to make where they include everything, I guess you need some kind of found footage in there. Um, but back to them being pulled over. I also didn't notice the turn signal, but I was willing to forgive that because this interaction is so typical slasher movie. I loved it. I thought it was really, it was a, they did a good job and it was hard to take the scene serious with Dale in the back having no shirt on. <laughs> that cracked me up. Um, I thought that was good. When they get to the cabin, I think that, uh, I loved it, the fact that this is their vacation home. It kind of just, kind of just you know goes to show you that you know you know beauty's in the eye of the beholder they see a fixer-upper they like the work you know i like that and we're getting real down-to-earth characters in this horror film that are supposed to be the creepy guys again flipping everything on its head and the humor between tucker and dale is so genuine and in the writing and in the delivery it's it's what makes the movie funny uh this stuff right here and the flashback Pump up the jam reminds me of Don't Mess with the Zohan every fucking time I hear it now. Adam Sandler <laughs> dancing across the street, hip thrusting down the road. That's what I think of. Uh, no, 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 no. My bush, it is the biggest. That's what I think of every time I hear this song. So I couldn't help but hit, I couldn't help but hear it then. And very Friday the 13th, this campfire scene. I like the kills here, but the effects on the throat stab are not very good. Sorry. But I'm willing to forgive it. Minor nitpick. I think they. I think um, it holds up. I, Andy, I I think it holds up personally. I still think it's oh, still okay. Oh man, <laughs> it's not nah, go, go mean, watch I, the kill yeah. count. Them effects yeah. are pretty bad. <laughs> if you watch, if you watch the kill count, Dead Meat's kill count, like he zooms in and slows it down. I yeah, never. I wouldn't have noticed it before then. I think that's why it's three v one here, is because I'd never noticed it either till I saw that. Oh, then I'm not going to let him ruin it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't. If you if you think it's good, I definitely wouldn't do that. I don't think um, it's good. I just I think I, I just guess I, I'm just I don't know. I'm easy with that. It's not I, it's not hugely terrible. I'm all right with it. Yeah. No, I mean we've seen a lot worse. Yeah, that's true. But it was just a minor than, nitpick. I have to look for something that I don't like. It's better than a CG mask. Go ahead. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yeah, you right. hey hey you're 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 barking up the wrong tree with that. Absolutely. Ugh. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have. I again. Really locked into the film. Think it's hilarious, but it's also a good movie so far, and I think that makes it stand out. Some things like haunted house and and I, look, I love the Wayne's brothers, but some of their stuff is really spoofy, and this is funny in a different way, and I and I like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, the the thing about this movie that really takes it to that next level is the on screen chemistry between Labine and Tudyk. I mean, it's 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 great the camaraderie that they have. They seem like genuine friends, yes. and that's that's hard to hard to fake. Uh, so hats off to them. The found footage, I agree. I had that too. Like I wish that it would have tied in what the hell 
it was supposed to like why it was included if it come full circle in the end of the film that'd have been great but it didn't and that, that's but it's okay um the gas station man it looked like a typical uh, slasher gas station like when they're pulling up there and the funny thing is it reminded me of uh cabin in the woods when they stop at the gas station like it's that kind of feel yeah and uh it's funny because this movie was filmed between Cabin in the Woods being filmed and Cabin in the Woods releasing. Uh, so that that's, I don't know, maybe it was borrowed. Maybe it was just coincidental that they're both kind of spoofy of the horror genre and they both have that kind of uh, gas station there. But either way, it worked. Uh, man, Dale is just so fucking awkward and it's hilarious because if you put yourself in Allison's uh, shoes then yes, when she pulls the thing off the shelf and she sees this big lug staring at her from across the aisle there, yeah, that would freak her out. But if you put yourself in, in his shoes, he's just a big old teddy bear that means no one no harm, and he's just in awe of how beautiful she is. So it it's really portrayed brilliantly on both ends. Uh, I, I love that that dynamic that they have there. And the, the line when he's like, they hate my face. It's just I laugh every time. And that was actually ad-libbed by Levine. Uh, and so that that's that's one of my favorite quotes from this. I say it all the time when I might be out at a certain bar here in Knoxville. And uh, I'll be talking about a girl shooting me down, which doesn't happen often, but it does happen. I'll just come back to the table and say, yeah, she hates me. I hate my face. So I use that line in real life. Um, I... The the truck scene when they get pulled over is brilliant, but the the line that kills me the most that my another one of my favorite lines in this movie is when uh, Tucker tells the cop, "Yeah, Dale's been struggling with the ladies lately. He's been striking out the ladies lately, so I thought a little man time might do him some good." And the way he says it, <laughs> just, oh my god, I almost pissed myself laughing the first time I heard it. It's that's a that's a great line. The delivery was everything. The uh, sheriff telling them there's nothing up there but pain and suffering straight out of uh, Friday the 13th, right? And every time someone's heading to Camp Crystal Lake, they try to get warned. There's nothing up there but pain and suffering on a scale you can't imagine. So I thought that was a great, uh, great way to pay homage to the classics before it. Um, and then you get to the cabin. What a shithole. <laughs> and just seeing how proud they are just makes, makes them even more likable because you can tell they're just modest hardworking guys that want to just have a place where they can get away from the hustle and bustle of the world and just relax. And they want to fix it up. They're proud to own it. It's theirs, but it is a dump. And so I, I thought that was, that was great as well. Uh, Chad is such a fucking douche. There's something about his voice and the way he talks and the way he wears a stupid fucking polo. He really reminds me of Trent from Friday the 13th. Oh nine. Like, oh, he's, yeah. he's that kind of yes, he boy douchebag. And uh, so, but overall, great opening set of scenes. I agree with you. The the saw blade to the face is one of my favorite kills uh, just because it's so Dang. fucking, it's brutal. Just chucking a saw blade at someone's face was great. Um, I'll explain later why I didn't include it in my for my favorite kill, but it would be up there if I had counted it. Uh, overall, great opening scenes. I'm you're you're hooked, you're drawn in all automatically. It's funny, it's fast paced already. There's no nothing about this movie lags, and that really helps. True, especially me. Uh, that's been one of my biggest criticisms on movies that we've 
talked about where the runtime's long. This one doesn't have a long road t- run time, but um, one of my biggest pet peeves in movies when there's just too much filler, too much fluff, and it's slow moving, slow developing. This one does not have that, and I already like already love it through this set of scenes. No, we already know what the best kill is in this movie, don't we, Dustin? <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> All right, we're at the lake now, and we see Tucker and Dale night fishing and pounding some PBRs. Uh, Tucker takes the last beer after giving Dale a motivational speech. Allison is by the vehicle and gets scared by Chad, who sneaks up on her. He tells her to stop acting better than everyone else, even though he gets it while she does it. He's happy to have the chance to get to know her and starts to kiss her neck, but she's not feeling it. (laughs) And I wrote, she curves his ass and goes to meet up with the others. They all get in the lake naked, and Tucker paddles towards them. Now we see Allison at the top of some rocks undressing. She screams when she sees them and falls in the lake. Tucker and Dale argue about it and notice she hasn't come up yet. They paddle towards her and Dale jumps in to save her. They load her up and Chloe thinks they attacked her. All the kids exit the lake and run off in fear. They tell Chad the hillbillies from the store kidnapped Allison. Next morning we see Allison in bed at their cabin with her head wrapped up. She gets up and she sees a dog watching her. Dale enters the room and she screams, but he only has breakfast for her, but leaves to make something else. The friends decide what to do, and Chuck leaves to go get the cops, and the rest keep looking for Allison. Jason finds the cabin and shows the rest of them. Dale comes back to Allison's room with eggs and bacon this time. She asks why she's here, and he tells her what happened. She asks where her friends are, and they joke about fashion sense, and they chat about the cabin. Dale gets his favorite board game down to play. Mitch goes to check out the cabin as Tucker watches Dale play games and not help him with the housework. Tucker chainsaws a log, and there's a beehive in it. He runs off while getting stung, (laughs) and Mitch runs, thinking he's being attacked. Mitch runs into, like, a fallen log branch, impaling himself, killing him. Allison seems to like Dale as they play board games and talk about what she's doing in college. Tucker walks inside with a ton of bee stings on his face. He's pissed Dale's not helping him. Dale goes and pulls the stingers out of his face. Tucker says her friend must be allergic to bees, the way he was running from from them and him. They tell Allison to relax and they'll go find her friends. All right, Brian, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Dustin touched on the relationship, you know, and the friendship between them two. Like, it really shines through, especially with these two, like, during this whole fishing at the beginning here. Um, just that conversation about that last beer and everything, I just, I thought was great. Which, by the way, they had, like, no money for licensing, so they could only show, like, they could only show that PBR label 12 times during this movie, um, which there's a few other times like that, you know, with a coupon joke at the beginning of the last scene, I think was supposed to be Arby's and later the, uh, the trivial pursuit game is actually called just trivia. But, uh, but yeah, the chemistry between Tudyk and Labine, I think is very good and shines through so well, especially in this scene to me. Um, Katrina Bowden, I think who very much so resembles a young, uh, Christine Taylor, I think does a great job here. Um, but that whole conversation with Chad, you know, there's so much focus on him in that scene and, and they're supposed to be, but I think she steals a scene and, and definitely gave the better performance there to me as well. It stood out. Um, a few fun facts about this group of scenes when, uh, when Tucker says lady, it's actually an, an homage to Jerry Lewis and sounds exactly the same and not in any way. Like I just butchered it. Um, but also that, uh, 
the water was so, so freaking cold. They had a uh, paramedics off to the side. And, and when you see that great shot of Chloe shaking, um, it isn't because she's so scared and is a great actress, which she probably is, but she was <laughs> apparently freezing to death. Um, and also I noticed a little mess up here when, uh, when Dale goes back in, um, to, uh, to, to give Allison some, a different breakfast. Um, it shows like fresh daisies that are alive, but then when he walks in, they're dead. And I thought maybe, okay, like that's on purpose. You're maybe just seeing it from her perspective and, and it's, you know, but I, I don't know. Um, it would have been weird, but I think that it's just a mess up because like later on they're actually back. Um, the Tucker B scene, definitely hilarious. Um, but probably the only bit I can think of that where I'm like, okay, that's not accidentally really happening. I mean, I love the uh, the homage to to Texas Chainsaw with him, you know, flailing it about. But I mean, like, you're cutting that thing off and you're dropping it and you're running. Like, not, I don't even think Tucker would be running with that thing. Um, but I do love them running side by side with a gag and them looking at each other like, what, what, what? It, it's, you know, and we get another freaking great death here with them running into that tree. Um, the B scene actually was one of the originally conceived scenes before the script was written. Um, the wood chipper scene was the other one. Um, you know, then that comes later, but that's what I was talking about earlier in the opening that, uh, you know, this movie was just born out of, you know, two lovers of horror movies, just, you know, kicking around funny stuff and laughing. It definitely reminds me of us. Um, I could definitely see us sitting around talking about, you know, MAD that Mike and Dustin, the movie, um, copyright trademark copyright uh don't go out there 2020 which is still a line from the uh, great trey Roland. there go ahead mike first of all you i'm gonna save it but is this the first movie we reviewed that has the line don't go out there in it because it does i'll say yeah, that's later. a good point yeah yeah i think this might be the first one we reviewed that actually has the line the title of the show okay anyway um I did, so. I did not steal it though i did not steal it no, 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 no. I, I believe you. It just caught my attention when I heard it. I had to rewind it to make sure I didn't get it wrong. Uh, but he definitely, uh, Dale definitely says it later in this film. I have it wrote down when. So, um, first of all, who the fuck fishes at that time of night? Okay. And, and look, I've been fishing at four in the morning at 12 noon, whatever. I don't know. Nico's the fisherman here. Maybe I'm wrong, but I ain't going fishing at that fucking time of night. Not in that little ass boat. Sometimes you got to, you know, you and me go fishing in the dark. Um, oh, it's, dear God. Oh, dear God. Hold on. Wait a minute. No. Nope. I've heard that. Oh, wait a minute. Was that country music reference? Yeah, I'm sorry you're cutting out. Uh huh. Okay. Um, but also, all those dudes that were skinny dip and have flesh eating amoebas in their dick holes, no doubt about it. 100%. <laughs> That's how that works. We've seen this before. So they were going to die anyway. So good for them for being a uh, plotter in this film. Um, I, look. It's logical. Here's why I like this movie. It is very logical for that group of friends to assume Allison is being kidnapped by these weird-looking hillbilly people. That is logical. What's also logical is those guys are just nice people trying to help her out, saving her, and trying to get the friend's attention. It's just one giant misunderstanding. It's been, it's been said a bunch, and I love that about this movie. It, 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 it explains how both sides could take it as how they're taking it. I really like that about this script. I think it's a really fun way to do it. Um, first of all, I would have taken free pancakes. I know she woke up kind of scared. There's this big, hairy, burly looking guy coming at me, but the motherfucker has a plate of pancakes. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need you to be a little more thankful, Allison. That's all I'm saying. 
Um, <laughs> but I like the character of Alice. She knows that waffles right. are superior. Okay, here we go. Actually, I kind of agree, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but I like the character of Allison here. Um, I think that she kind of shows, she adds like a heart to the film. I know so does Dale, but she adds like another side of it as well. Like she, she adds, she adds something. I love the depth that she has. She's not super shallow. She's very attractive, which by the way, Allison called me sometimes. Um, but I, I like that. She, I, I like what she adds to this film. I think it's very, it's very prevalent in these scenes. Um, I would have taken free pancakes is all I'm saying. And the bacon too. I would not have been freaked out. Somebody cooks me pancakes and bacon. We are in business. Um, but in the real world, <laughs> this is where I can't tell if it's a trope or we're, you know, we're doing it on purpose or whatever. Cause it's a satire. Allison would have got the fuck out of there. I hope like, honestly, I know I just said I would take a free pancakes, but I would have taken the free pancakes and then got the fuck out. Like, sorry. Um, that's the real world. But since this is a movie, I'm willing to forgive it. It doesn't bring it down. It's not a giant leap in logic, I guess, until a little bit later when they start playing Trivial Pursuit and stuff. That's a little too far for me. But um, one thing I'm not a huge fan of is physical comedy most of the time. However, this scene where Tucker whacks the beehive and starts running around with the chainsaw like he's Leatherface is fucking hilarious. It really does not get any funnier than that, especially because, again, like I said earlier, you could see how that other kid thought that's a maniac wielding chainsaw guy coming after him in the middle of nowhere. But I can, but we also, as an audience, know it's because he's being stung by fucking bees. Clearly, he's allergic, as we see on his face later. And that kill when he runs into the limb is badass. That's a good kill, um, and it makes sense that the friends that find him later think that he he was left there for a reason so all of this stuff kind of makes sense from both sides and i really think that's a lot of fun um the scene when tucker gets back to the cabin is also funny but i don't know if it's unintentional when his face is swollen and he goes and gets a beer of all things like it's just it's good stuff the dynamic between tucker and dale is really good and i think that um yeah i really really love that beehive scene that is really good and the fact look if I'm Allison, I I appreciate your hospitality, but I'm going to go find my friends. You're not going to make me stay here, but that's just the real world me talking in this movie. I like that Tucker and Dale do it instead. So this movie, this set of scenes just really drives home the notion that this film is the personification of wrong place, wrong time. It's all, the whole, whole movie is just wrong place, wrong time. Um, you know, she would have been freaked out when she sees them on the, when she hears him say, uh, Tucker and they're on the boat, on the boat. Cause he thinks she thinks they're peeping Tom's. They meant no harm. And then, yeah, her friends would have been freaked out when they see him putting her body in the boat saying, we got your friends. So it's just wrong place, wrong time between, between these, uh, happable hillbillies and these college kids. Um, Dale with the pancakes. That was hilarious. The way he just, Comes in there, oh, oh, you don't like pancakes, oh, I'm stupid, and just shuts the door. Love it. Um, then we, but this is where we get the reveal to one of the kids that, you know, these guys aren't all bad. They, this is just a mistake. They're, they're innocent because, uh, when, when Dale and Allison start building that dynamic there. So, uh, you know, watching it the first time, you start seeing yourself, okay, 
it's going to work out. She's going to be able to smooth things over and it's just all going to work out. And then the hilarity starts happening with the, uh, the miscues and the misfortunes of the, uh, the kids dying. The chainsaw scene, I agree, hilarious, but yeah, he probably, he definitely would have dropped that chainsaw. And let me tell you from experience, pal, you dropped a fucking chainsaw because I was cutting down a tree branch a year and a half ago and I didn't realize that there was a, a hornet's nest in it and they started fl- coming after me. First thing I did was toss that chainsaw. So, but it's okay. I love when they're running through the, the woods because you get that uh, Mitch is like, oh shit, oh shit, he's trying to kill me. And then when Tucker catches up to him and they, like you guys said, that they look at each other and they're both kind of like, wait, what are you running from? <laughs> they're like, are you running from me? And so that, that was hilarious. Um, Mitch going into the, running into the tree branch there, the lighting changed when that happened. It got darker. It almost looked like a scene out of Twilight, how the, uh, the lighting and the hue uh, changed on his, you know, the way the sun was shining on his face and everything with the bee landing on his nose. I thought that was funny too, because it just, it was another way of letting you know that this movie doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, it, it knows what it is. And I thought that was funny. It was a nice little touch. Then they get, he goes back into the, the cabin and he pours the beer on his face. That was actually Alan Tudyk's idea to pour the beer on his face. And it was <laughs> perfectly executed too. The way he talks while the beer is pouring on his face and just spitting it everywhere. And some of my favorite, <laughs> some of the, unsung uh heroes as far as the comedy of this film go is him talking with the swollen face and the swollen cheeks because the 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 accent that he develops when he's doing that that's it just cracks me up everything about this movie does but uh i agree with what you said mike real world she probably would have got the fuck out of there but you gotta understand man she's concussed you didn't see the bandage on her head uh she she had no reason to be alarmed uh, other than the fact that when she tries to go talk to her friends they yell at her and say no stay here that would have freaked her out <laughs> but they're just like no you stay here we'll, we'll we'll go um but regardless it is what it is it's it's not the real world so i gotta suspend disbelief or suspend my belief here and enjoy it for what it is i would just like to say i think that's the second twilight reference ever in 104 episodes of this show um the f- <laughs> the first one was uh blasphemously uh referring to twilight as better than 30 days of night i just would like to point that out all right, the friends find Mitch's body and they think he was killed. Chad breaks Chloe's phone and throws an axe into a tree. <laughs> and I just wrote, the, my man's is psycho. They hide when they hear someone coming. Tucker and Dale, they call out for the college kids and no answer. Dale carves a message into a log with the axe. We got your friend. Tucker is now at the wood chipper <clears throat> and Dale is digging a hole. And he's amazed when Allison walks out and he's stunned by her beauty. He's digging a hole for the outhouse. And she jumps in to help out. The friends get to the cabin and see Allison. And they think she's digging her own grave. They charge. They charge after them. And Todd kills himself impaling himself on a wooden spear he was going to attack Dale with. Dale knocks Allison out again with a shovel. Mike charges at Tucker. But but jumps right into the wood chipper. Killing himself. And I always get to laugh when he asks. Is he okay? You okay? Tucker and Dale (laughs) tell each other what they just experienced back inside. Tucker thinks it's a suicide pact. Tucker mocks Dale for wanting to call the cops and calls him a moron. The rest of the college kids are all crying and discussing what to do. They all are pissed at Chad. He tries to psych them up to kill the hillbillies, and they hear someone driving. 
The three kids run through the sound of the car and leave Chad behind. Chloe tells the sheriff they're all dead. Sheriff picks them all up and they head to the cabin. Tucker and Dale pull Mike's body out the chipper and drag it away as the sheriff pulls up on them doing it. They tell the sheriff what's been going on. They're scared shitless with what's <laughs> with what the college kids are doing. Tucker gets pissed when Dale tells the sheriff about Allison being knocked out inside the cabin. They take the sheriff inside to see what's up. Sheriff tells them their potential, you know, court uh, fate, and he touches that broken beam and is impaled with the that piece of wood with all the nails poking out of it. He hobbles back to his car and tries to radio for help. The kids all panic in the car as Tucker and Dale argue about fixing crap up. Chuck takes the sheriff's gun but has no clue how to use it and shoots himself in the face, killing himself. Chad appears and grabs the gun, shooting at them as they run inside the cabin. Tucker blames Dale for being a good Samaritan. Dale says he doesn't like fishing and it breaks Tucker's heart. And you know I had to write, how does a man not like fishing? Dale asks where his dog is. They look outside and see they're holding the dog hostage. Tucker gives Dale the nail gun to cover him as he goes to rescue the dog. Tucker talks Dale through it as he goes outside. Dale shoots at them and they hide behind the sheriff's car. Tucker is shocked by Dale's behavior. Tucker makes it to the dog and frees it. Chad sees Tucker and chases him in the woods with the axe. Tucker hides and tries to camo himself up with leaves and dirt. They find Tucker and Chad knocks him out cold. All right, Brian, go ahead. What do you think of that? <laughs> this man, this wood chipper scene is what I was talking about earlier, being one of those you know preconceived scenes you know before the script was written. And my God, I laugh at that shit every single time. Um, you know, this set of scenes is definitely where uh, everything escalates very quickly. And, uh, you know, you mentioned him saying, are you okay? Just him holding his feet that time. Man, that shit was so gold. Um, you know, uh, the scene with the kids, you know, and Chad, like this is one of those scenes where it could have gone, I think, spoof really easily and gone full cheesy, but it stopped like just short of that. Um, you know, it still included jokes, you know, with that whole like stripper shoes and Chloe saying stuff like, yeah, well, dying isn't very good for you either. Um, you know, then then Jesse Moss as Chad, like he does such a good job just reeling it all back in here and 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 uh, to take it, you know, to make it take itself seriously as I mean, as serious as you can be taken with the uh, with a popped collar. But uh, but for real, Jesse Moss and and Clayon Simmons as Chloe do it, do great in this group of scenes. Um, you know, I, I love that moment when uh, hopefully soon to be a friend of the show, Philip Granger. The uh, the sheriff comes around the corner, and so we've had a doozy of a day. Tunic and Granger are so great in this scene, and and so is Levine. Honestly, when it gets to that point where where he's telling you know uh, telling about her being knocked out inside, like you said, and, and my favorite part is when he's he goes he when he gets uh, the sheriff gets stabbed, you know, basically with those nails, and they say he looks like he's going to walk it off. He's going to be fine. That shit, that shit's funny. Um, Lastly, you know, that gunshot, uh, actually the effect uh, with shooting himself was actually toned way down. Um, apparently in one of the versions, like his brains like flew all over the car. Um, also, you know, great line in the midst of everything. Um, you know, Tucker got in his feelings legitimately hurt over Dale not liking fishing. You know, I, I think that this is probably my favorite group of scenes right here. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Brian, because I think I agree with you on it being my favorite group of scenes. There are so much comedy gold within this set of scenes, and some of it 
it's just naturally there. Like it's not forced. It's not, you know, spoofy. Ha ha. It is just funny dialogue. And again, not a huge physical comedy fan, but when Allison gets hit in the face with that shuffle, it fucking cracks me up. I don't know why, but it's just so funny to see her get knocked out again. Like it's really funny. Uh, when Dale's on the ground and the guy is coming down through the spear and the way he reacts is comedy gold. It's good. It's really, really funny, really good stuff and a good kill. So again, this, this movie just toes that line so damn well. I love it. Um, the, the wood chipper, you know, another example, just really wrong place, wrong time, but looks so bad. To anyone that's not involved here, this guy's in a wood chipper that that this creepy hillbilly guy or creepy hillbilly looking guy is using. Of course, and he's anyone's mind would go straight to the fact that he put him in the wood chipper. And the fact that he jumps straight in is fucking hilarious. And, you know, the sheriff scene, I think, is really good because it it takes itself seriously enough. Like you still get the funny dialogue with Tucker and Dale, but you get the. Uh oh, are they about to be like, is this about to take a turn where they get in, you know, where the sheriff gets caught? But then you remember the beam, go all the way back to where the beam falls the first time and the, you know, it, it you know, kind of just misses them. And oh, maybe we should get that fixed. Well, they never really get that fixed. <laughs> and finally, the beam being so faulty comes back to haunt them. And that's a good kill, the nail kills. I think that's really good. <laughs> and, you know, Brian, you mentioned the, the, I think you'll be able to walk it off. That is fucking hilarious. That is so well written, so well timed. Uh, I think it's great. Um, and again, you get to see the a little bit of the test of friendship. So it's still funny. Obviously, it's played for jokes, but a little bit of the he didn't really like fishing, but he only goes to you know kind of make Tucker happy, and his feelings are hurt about that. And like that's just really good, genuine, like a bromance thing that you know it's like me. You know, it's like when Dustin started hating on the Beatles. That's how I felt. I mean, I get his point, but. I f- I felt like Tucker in that scene, and I understand. I understand. I'm not. I'm not coming at Dustin, but man, my feelings are hurt. But anyway, uh, but no, I I love this scene. There is so much good comedy here that it's actually probably the last set of comedy that we get. To me, I mean, we get some other funny stuff, especially towards the end. But this is where the movie kind of switches a little bit and starts becoming a pretty decent horror movie. And one that kind of tugs at your heartstrings a little bit too. So there's a lot of funny here. And I think it's kind of like the big send off to the comedy. And now we're going to kind of take it a little more serious. And this is a really good set of scenes where physical comedy actually works. And I think it's really well done. Yeah, Mike. I mean, you said it, Bubba. The Beatles are overrated. Uh, but anyway. I never uh, say such blasphemous things anyways. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah. So first of all, Chad is way too punk for some potential murder. I mean, that guy is like, Thank he's, you. Been, he's been just waiting his whole life to have a chance to kill someone. And uh, kind of, if, you ha- if you're his friend, you kind of have to question your sense of judgment right now because you're like, damn, man, we rode up here with this guy. Um, where did Allison get extra clothes? Because she changed clothes when she came, before she came back outside there, um, I believe. So where, where, where'd that come from? Anyway. By this point, Allison has worse CTE than I do in real life. And so it's <laughs> this girl gets hit in the head and knocked out and just knocked silly. I feel bad for her, um, but it is. You're right, Mike. It is hilarious. Nothing about a woman getting hit, is, especially a delicate flower such as Allison, 
getting hits funny, but come on, you, it's kind of funny. Uh, and then yeah, uh, Ryder was fucking funny. He's got hit in the face with a shovel. That shit's funny. Oh, the wood chipper, man! I love this scene. So it's just so funny because you can tell like he's just in his zone, bending over, picking up, tossing, bending over, picking up, tossing. He doesn't know that anyone else is around, and just the the pure timing of uh, Mike coming haul assing out of the woods and jumping, and then pick up, put toss, bend over. He's in the air. He's in the wood chipper. I, I thought that was that was fucking hilarious i laugh every time and then you're right he's a you okay when he's in the wood shiver uh just god it cracks me up uh and then when the sheriff gets there and they're in the cabin i do like the uh the the irony there when he's saying yeah you know you're right not everything is as it seems as he leans up against a beam that seems like it's okay but ends up killing him so i thought that was that was a nice touch there um and then yeah you guys touched on it already but the I think he's going to walk it off. Because, <laughs> <Just laughs> yeah. so I mean, think about it. what would you do in that situation? You see him walking like, okay, maybe he's okay. But God, that cracks me up. And then uh, Dale telling him, you got to turn the safety off. Like That shit's hilarious to me, too. Um, but here, you know, this scene, you're right. The action is nonstop. We're, we're in it. And uh, it just really kicks it into an even higher gear if that was possible. But it's just more instances of simple misunderstanding. More kids go to dying, so the kids think, yeah, these are killers. They're killing our, our friends. More kids go to dying, so Tucker and Dale just automatically assume, oh, my God, it's a suicide pack. You know, that makes so much sense. Shit, uh, <laughs> just, I love it. Um, and so it's just, I like how it doesn't stray away from the theme. You, d- you don't get the... Uh, you don't it doesn't stray away and change the theme of the movie uh yet because it's setting up for a great finish. Or now they have Tucker hung by his, his feet in the woods now, and he's asked what the hell is wrong with them. Tucker offers them beer to let him go. Chad cuts off some of his fingers with the axe. Dale's in the cabin and wakes Allison up. She asks what happened when she sees the blood on his arm. He cries when he has to tell her what happened. He asks if they're on meds and if, they're, and if they forgot to take them. They have his dog and his best friend hostage. A knock at the door and Allison goes to answer it. She sees all the carnage outside and finds the warning message left outside. It's Tucker's fingers inside a piece of his shirt. The note says, now we got your friend. Try to get him. Dale gets the machete and goes after Tucker. Allison, Allison tells Dale they thought they were a little creepy at the gas station. Dale goes into the woods to find Tucker. He gets jump scared by Mitch's dead body as he finds Tucker's hat. Tucker tells him it's a trap and Dale's almost hit in the nuts with a wooden spear. He cuts him down, not very gently. Chad and Naomi go into the cabin now. This is where evil lives, he says. They call for Allison. Chad pours gas all over the place and Allison says it's all been a big misunderstanding. They've only been nice to her and Naomi tells them about Stockholm Syndrome. Chad says, you better not be falling in love with that freak. Tucker and Dale barge in as he has the axe to her neck. Allison tries to calm the situation. She offers to make tea so they can all talk it out. Chad and Dale sit across from each other, and Allison wants them to tell each other's perspective. Chad tells them his parents were attacked 20 years ago at the Memorial Day Massacre. They force his dad to watch as she was tortured. Mom escaped, but dad was never found. 
Mother was institutionalized by the time of his birth. Jason and Chloe show up to the cabin now. They look in to see them drinking tea, and Chloe says she wants some. Jason thinks they're being trapped. Dale apologizes, but Chad says it doesn't matter. It was his kind that did it to his parents. Jason barges in with, I think it's like a weed whacker, hitting Naomi in the face. Chad tries to kill the pin Dale, but misses. He then throws a lamp at Jason's feet, lighting him on fire, and Chloe throws, I guess it's gas on him. The fire follows the gas trail, blowing the house up as Chloe smokes a cigarette, and Chad kicks away the wounded Naomi. And the next two scenes are the ending. Go ahead, Brian. Um, Yeah, to be honest, this scene with Dale and Allison, you know, in the cabin does border on the uh, spoof line a little bit to me and drags on a little bit for the first few minutes. Um, Now, I will say towards the end of it uh, where she tells him the truth, you know, and it kind of hurts his feelings. That definitely um, is where it had some redemption. Um, But I may have just jumped to that point, like if I were doing it. Um, That line where he says, uh, I'm glad I'm not hung like a bear. That was great. (laughs) That was great. Um, that made me laugh my ass off. Um, also, where uh, where Dale says, you know, why don't you goddamn stupid college kids kill yourself and uh, uh, what what does he say? Like, why don't you why don't y'all why are y'all keep killing yourself? Some something like that. But uh, but actually, like what the original line was, you know, is why don't you goddamn stupid college kids kill yourself in school like you're supposed to? Um, that was the original line, but they actually cut it because it was apparently brutally too dark. Um, which I guess I get, you know, not many times will I say that in a horror movie, but that one was probably a good choice to maybe cut out. Um, also have to point out the uh, finger sandwiches dad joke Tucker makes. Look, since I've somehow been a uh, couple the dad jokes guy, which I don't know, they're the best jokes ever. I think they should just be called jokes, but okay. I will, uh, I will point out how awesome that was. Um, and, and, you know, they did venture a little bit into the spoof territory with the fire. Um, you know, nobody cared. My man was on fire. Uh, actually, I know Chloe did, but, I mean, she was the only one who actually looked like she was somewhat upset about it. <laughs> they even said, he, he's cackling like a log. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, lastly, you know, as this group of scenes, you know, kind of comes to an end, I mean, I get we aren't going for realism, but it kind of took me out of a little bit with Chad, honestly, like, you know, with half his face being burned up which I know I saw somewhere that, you know, one of the writers was actually really all into the whole Dark Knight, Chris Nolan trilogy when he was writing it. So this is actually lifted directly from the Dark Knight and and Two-Face, which I'm not really a big kind of fan here, but, but the man feels like zero pain at all. Like he's just okay. And half his face is burned up and he's just gets up and he's ready to go after him like Jason style. So um, that, that's kind of my biggest issue with, uh, with this set of scenes. First of all, this set of scenes starts out with one of my biggest fears, which is hanging upside down for too goddamn long. No, sir. No, thank you. Well, I think I'd rather, I think I'd rather free fall out of an airplane. Uh, no, that, that just gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't like it. Uh, I love, I love that scene though, because the spear almost hitting Dale's nuts basically is fucking that's good comedy. That is fucking great. Um, you know, going back a little bit, the uh, at the heart of this movie, it's a good like it's a weird kooky love story in a way. And so you get this scene with Allison and Dale where he says, "I should have known a guy a guy like me talks to a girl like you. Somebody was you know somebody had to die or whatever." Man, that you, you know you feel that you feel for Dale in that moment and. 
And but you almost kind of feel for Allison because she did judge the book by the cover and she was wrong. And she's trying to, you know, get that across, I believe, here. And so I really like where we're going with that arc. Um, not a again, the scene at the house, uh, it's a little too it is a little too uh, haunted house. What's the name of the spoof paranormal activity movie the Waynes did? I don't remember. Like it's a little too. Yeah, haunted sorry. I think it was haunted yeah, house. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, it's a little too that. It's a little too in your. But it's in, it's different. It's interesting to kind of sit down and talk about their feelings instead of having the big blow up brouhaha, you know, between Chad and Dale. And, you know, I really like that you get to see Chad turn into a psycho and he tells us the real story. Um, I like that backstory. I think that's an interesting twist on on why, you know, what's probably likely if Chad did all this on purpose, <laughs> you know, like it's all been his like destiny or whatever. So I kind of like that. But I agree with Brian. When the house blows up, uh, I'm fine with that. And I'm even fine with Ch- Chad kind of making it out of there, but I would have, it's like nothing happened to him except, you know, half of his face burnt up, but it looks, it looks okay. Like it's not the, the effects. It just, I don't know, something about that didn't really sit well with me. It's a little too spoofy, a little too over the top, but I'm willing to forgive it because I like this next set of scenes that leads into a lot. Uh, But this set of scenes, you kind of get that tonal shift to me. There's still some humor here, obviously, you know, at the table with Dale kind of like really taking this uh, look into himself very seriously. And Chad's not obviously, and there's some humor there. But um, other than that, you know, this, this set of scenes is more of a setup for the end. Not bad, but not, but definitely not the best set of scenes. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Um, you know, Going back to when he's hung upside down, you fuckers traumatized me by making me watch that gore fest shit movie Terrifier. That uh, when you rewatch it, that's all I could think about. Was last time I saw someone hung upside down in a horror movie, uh, she got split from Coochie to the Forehead. So fuck that. Um, but I did think it was. Split, split Coochie to Forehead coming to a t shirt near you. Don't go out there.com. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was funny, like his his bargaining chips, like tell you don't kill me. I've got twelve to fourteen PBRs, and they were yours. Like that shit was funny because, hey, I gotta be honest with you, I lost PBR, so that probably worked for me. Uh, and then the, they cut his fingers off, and the the way that they find the fingers reminded me of the Blair Witch Project. You know, when they open the piece of the shirt and it's the ear or whatever it was, but uh, it was hilarious when Dale said his bowling fingers. <laughs> It's just two fingers. <laughs> it's his bowling fingers. That was funny to me. Uh, there was a, a goof there because after he cut his fingers off, you know, he, he still had all four fingers on both hands uh, in that shot. But that's okay. Um, and yeah, you touched on it, Mike, but I've got the quote here. One of my favorite quotes of all time is when Allison says, we misjudge you. I'm really sorry. And he says, don't be sorry. It's all my fault. I should have known if a, guy like me talk to a girl like you somebody would end up dead <laughs> like that's, that's hilarious <laughs> to me um i feel that i feel that um and then here you know we get all the the barrage of accidental deaths and it's it's almost like final destination meets america's funniest home videos like it's comical on how it's happening um but some of them are so bizarre and and like 
just unbelievable in the way that they happen. It's like the way some of them happen in the uh, Final Destination franchise. But I, I, I agree with you, Brian, as far as his uh, his superhuman tendencies after he gets blown up. Uh, how it didn't face him, you know. Maybe he got that that rush of adrenaline, but come on, man, he he just got blown up. But it kind of redeems itself to me because of how well the makeup was done. I thought that was really good makeups uh, uh, effects for this film. And but yeah, I agree with you, Mike. As far as uh, the the overview of these scenes, not great, but necessary. Like it, it really throws the alley for the oop that is the finish. All right, here's the ending, guys. Allison says she's a terrible therapist, and we see Chad walk out the house with the axe. They run to the pickup truck, and Dale struggles to crank it up, but finally does. He drives right into a tree, not paying attention. Dale wakes up later to being licked by his dog. Allison is gone, and Tucker is hurt and drinking a beer by a tree. He says Chad took her. Tucker says, <laughs> I thought this was funny. Tucker, say, Tucker says it's going to be a long time before he takes another vacation. Tucker tells Dale about when they caught frogs as a kid, and he tells him that he was better. He didn't let him win. Tucker tells him you're better than you think you are. She sees you for who you are, and you're a good, smart, and strong man, and not as ugly as you think you are. Life is short. You got to go after what you want. He tells Dale to whoop that college kid's ass. Dale runs off to find Allison. They make it to the old lumber mill. Chad has Allison tied to a log about to run her through the mill. He kisses her, but he doesn't think it's good enough. You gotta be more passionate. Dale makes it inside and puts on some blue-collar worker armor. Allison is scared by his get-up, but he finally goes to help untire. The lights turn on, and Chad comes on over the intercom. He turns the saw on, and she and the log that she's tied to starts to creep towards the saw. Dale uses the chainsaw to partially cut the rope, but Chad kicks him over. Dale and Chad fight now. Dale throws an axe that cuts the rope, and Allison makes it free. Back to fighting Chad, and he knocks him over. Dale and Allison run away. They try and block Chad off from the room they're in. They look for weapons. Allison finds a newspaper article, and it reveals the redneck from the Memorial Day Massacre is Chad's actual dad. Chad attacks Dale, but he shows him the article, and Chad can't believe it. Dale throws the chamomile tea at him, causing anaphylactic shock, <laughs> and he falls out a door to the ground. The cops and news show up to cover the situation. Tragedy of mass suicide. Now we're in the hospital. Tucker's in the hospital, and Dale checks in on him. He's high on meds, and he's got his fingers reattached, but they definitely don't look like his fingers. He gives Tucker a PBR and gives him a bendy straw, and then Tucker asks Dale if he asks Allison out and he says that he's taking her bowling. At the bowling alley now, Dale tells BJ, some other random guy, that life's short and to be yourself. Dale got Allison a gift, and it's a pink helmet. She apologizes for what all happened. She kisses Dale and says she feels the same way as him. We hear women scream as BJ is being a creep, and Dale and Allison make out as the end credits roll. Brian, what do you think about the ending? Uh, yeah, I don't have a whole lot here. Um, but you know, first off the wreck scene, I thought was really well done. Um, you know, and, and apparently them implying, you know, that Tucker may have died, didn't really hit well with test audiences. So, uh, I read, they actually added that hospital scene a little later, which I'm glad because you get the finger bit. And I really, I really thought that was pretty funny actually. Um, also, 
you know, they were they actually wanted scripted a a long car chase at the end where uh, you know Chad was on the roof of the truck, but uh, but apparently it was too expensive, and they also wanted to go possibly with another wood chipper ender ending, but since it had already been done, they ended up going with the uh, the kind of the Halloween ending with them falling out of the falling off the balcony, which I mean I'm I'm I was fine with. Um, uh, one other fun fact: Stuntman actually. Uh, looked nothing like Chad and Dale for the, uh, for the fight scene. So a lot of it actually has, uh, Labine and Moss actually in a, in, in a lot of it. Um, all in all, you know, the ending was okay. I mean, I could have done without that whole, his dad was a hillbilly reveal. Honestly, I think that they, they should have just had them fight and probably not do that whole thing or, or maybe done in that in like the, the previous group of scenes. But, um, I will say, it ended on a great note because I love the ending bowling scene. Uh, I love it a lot. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at with the ending there. Yeah. So I don't have a lot written down, but I think it's, I think it kind of goes without saying that the, the end here is good, but I feel like they tried to pack a little too much in, you know, Brian, you touched on that reveal that his dad is the hillbilly. That almost wasn't necessary. Um, I get it. I'm okay with it. I just feel like they maybe tried to stuff, you know, 10 pounds of shit in, in a two pound bag. So, uh, a little bit too much there, but you know, that's a nitpick. Very minor. Uh, I love Dale here in this set of scenes and the interaction with him and Tucker, uh, you know, the frog story uh, again, just kind of hitting something we've already d- d- discussed on the show, which is the genuine friendship you see between the two. Um, and you see, you know, it's the complete opposite of how most of these horror movies go. I know I've already said it, but you get this, you know, redneck looking guy coming to be the the knight in shining armor, literally, uh, to beat the shit out of this preppy burnt face kid. It's the complete opposite of how these movies normally go. And I like that they flip the trope. I think it's really good. Um, I think that the, you know, the hospital scene is fucking hilarious. When he brings in the PBR, which I'm glad it was a PBR and not quote unquote beer that they had on some of the other cans throughout the movie. They got to actually use the label. You know, you, you, you touched on that earlier, but the bendy straw, this makes, <laughs> God damn it. It makes me giggle. Then it made me giggle. Then it makes me giggle. Now just really a nice little funny add on to that scene. And I love this bowling scene, you know, normally throughout the movie, if something ends up happening, Dale and and you know even Allison kind of go to check on it, but they're way too busy macking to give a fuck what happened over there. It was all a misunderstanding over there, so fuck it. We're here. We're making out, and uh, I liked it. You know, he gets the girl. I think it's a really good happy ending to the movie. There's some stuff here that I feel like kind of veers into that spoof territory, but it's not so bad that it ruins the rest of the movie for me. I think it's still a pretty good ending. Um, and I guess that kind of ties back into the found footage because that's Chad at the beginning. Am I am I wrong? Am I wrong about that? I don't know. That's the way I took it, which again still doesn't really go into it. But I'm guessing that's it. But um, I I I think it's a really good ending, and I love the, you know the battle quote unquote between Dale. <laughs> First of all, chainsaw against pipe. Good fucking luck, Chad. You are definitely a Chad with that move. So. Uh, I like it. Not, not, maybe not the best ending, but a very happy ending, which I was good with. Yeah. First of all, before I get into the rest of it, I want to say, yeah, you're right. That's the way I took it too with the found footage. Like that was Chad at the end. But 
what I meant earlier when I said I wish they'd have tied it back in is I wish they would explain that or something because we're just left to assume and we don't right, know who the right. fuck those two people were. Exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, this set of scenes. So when they're having the heart to heart and uh, Tucker's telling him, you know, you go after the girl. Another just great quote right there. And he goes, you're a good looking man. More or less, like <laughs> that shit cracks me up because it's kind of one of those backhanded compliments. Like, bless your heart. Uh, I, I love that. Dale gears up like he's going to fight fucking zombies. Like he looks like uh, he could have survived the train to Busan the way he's gearing up with the with the gear uh, with the ammo or the uh, armor and everything. Uh, yeah, they put Tucker's fingers back on, and they're not his fingers. He's got the painted fingernail. That's a great, hilarious touch because uh, the way that Dale's is like, yeah, looks great. Um, we, but I like how we get the feel-good story here because if this was your classic horror movie, we've all said it before, I believe, but we don't always necessarily like a happy ending. Some movies you need everyone to die. You need the bad guy to win. But since this is a lighthearted horror comedy, I enjoy the fact that we get the, the happy ending with the guy getting the girl. And, uh, you know, we get the scene where he gives her the helmet, which is fucking hilarious. Cause like I said, she's got to have CTE by now. Um, and then the, the, the fact that when oh the dudes creeping the old lady or the creeping the ladies out at the bowling alley and she asked, should we go help him? And, uh, he, Dale says, hell no. And starts kissing her again. I like that. That's a nice touch. Cause that shows that he's grown as a person. Because the last time he helped out, you know, Tucker blamed him for being a good Samaritan. He blamed him for all the kids dying. And so he's like, hell no, last time I helped someone, basically, everybody died. So I'm going I'm to stay here and kiss you. Um, I do. I, I like the uh, I like the ending of the movie. I agree. It maybe could have been better. But by this point, they would have really had to fuck it up for me to hate the ending because I've enjoyed the rest of the movie so much. So all in all, very pleased with it. All right, y'all got any more final thoughts before we get into a fan question? No. All right. I think this is specifically for Dustin. Uh, Sean Irwin asked on Facebook, I love this movie. Since it's Dustin's pick, replace an actor with David Arquette that isn't the sheriff. Would it work? (laughs) I mean, first of all, David Arquette is, you know, he's a generational talent. You can drop him into literally any movie that's ever been made. And yes, it's going to work. And a lot of times it's going to be even better. Um, the only one that I could see him, you know, maybe one of Chad's friends though, but, but he's too old to play the part. So sadly, no, I don't, I, I'm glad they went with Labine and Tudyk here because the chemistry they had was, irref- uh, you know, unable to be duplicated by anyone else. The sheriff would be the only answer. Hell no. Oh, that sheriff was bad enough. We don't need Dewey on the fucking scene. Dewey wouldn't have went out like a little bitch. You know he would have survived it. Look at what he's been through. He would have would, been, he have wa- would he have walked it off? He would have walked it off. He wouldn't, he wouldn't die by being nailed in the face. Man's literally had his spine rearranged by a knife. That's just because strange and too lazy tree. to kill somebody off, but go ahead. <sighs> You're thinking too much into it. Go ahead. I can't oh, wait until he bad. dies in this new screen. That's all I'm going to say. So ready for Dewey <laughs> to just break on through to the other side. Wow. wow. <laughs> uh, let's, I'm, I'm just messing with you, Dustin. Let's jump into fun facts. Yeah. Uh, I've only got two of them. Uh, the, they're both from IMDb. 
The film was shelved for over three years before it was finally released. And the last one I have is Jesse Moss. And I think, is it pronounced Chelan? Chelan? Simmons? They both appeared in Final Destination 3 in 2006. Has anybody else got any fun facts? There really wasn't that many on IMDb. I got, I got two. Go ahead. So uh, there is a DVD extra that features the the film through the college kids' perspective and portrays Tucker and Dale as actual murders. Uh, it's only, I think, about 20 minutes long. And uh, it wasn't actually... Uh, the director didn't actually like the way it turned out, but that's a neat little little feature there that you can actually see it from their eyes and see it as a, uh, w- you know, what if they really are killers. And then the other one I have is uh, a sequel was originally planned for this film called Tucker and Dale Go to Yale. That's Yale, like the university, the Ivy League school, which is funny because the premise was it was going to be a Goodwill Hunting meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I'm here for it, to be honest with you. But uh, in 2017, Alan Tudyk said that a script was completed, but it was disappointing and unlikely to move forward. And here we are, 2021, and still no sequel in the works. So I'm guessing they've scrapped it all together. But I would be here for that premise. Uh, I only have two. Um, they actually they actually used the uh, the Dark Knight score in place of the you know the real one before they actually you know, got it in post and uh, that's actually when it leaked onto the internet um, and, and actually gained most of its popularity. Um, so there's actually a version out there with the uh, the score from the Dark Knight on there, which is pretty cool. And uh, you know the the last one I had was in Deadpool two. There's actually supposed to be an Easter egg. Um, there is an Easter egg to this movie with uh, with two rednecks and. Uh, you know, Tudyk came back to reprise his role, um, and so he did it. But Labine, for some reason, did not. So it's just Tudyk. But it still stands an Easter egg to uh, to Tucker and Dale and uh, Deadpool two. Yeah. So I think the reason, the real reason, this script probably didn't get uh, lit for a sequel is because this movie had a budget of five million, and it made around five point seven million total box office. So not a big money maker, but definitely a cult classic. I think. Uh, if you, you know, it, it was on Netflix for so long, it definitely has a cult following and I think rightfully so. Uh, but it definitely didn't, it wasn't a big money earner, but you know, with, with a title like Tucker Dale versus evil, kind of hard to know going in, you know, but I think this movie because of Netflix and because other streaming platforms is, it's very loved, uh, for a reason. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I uh, think a lot of had to had to do with the limited release and everything. You know, they struggle to find distribution. Right. Right. So, yeah, it is what it is. All right, let's jump into our least favorite kill, favorite kill in the rating. Uh, who wants to go first tonight? I'll I go first. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Cool. Uh, so again, kind of let all my thoughts be known. I think it's a really good. This movie does a really good job. Tone line, horror comedy. Does it has? I love the script. I love the concepts. I think the horror parts are good. The comedy parts are good. It's a really nice blend and mix of the two genres. And I think where so many other people get it wrong, this movie gets it right. It's not a perfect film, but it is very enjoyable. Uh, my favorite kill, and I probably I may be alone on this, but my favorite kill is the nail to the sheriff's face. That was unique to me. I don't know if I've ever seen it done like that. I thought it was pretty damn unique, so it became my favorite kill because of that. My least favorite is Chad, and I. it's a funny kill. It is. So in the sense of a comedy, 
it's really good, but it's also not a great horror movie kill. I didn't particularly like that very much. So my least favorite is Chad. I gave this movie a 7.5. I wanted to go 8. I really did. But there's just some of the last probably third of the film that gets dragged down a little bit um, with some, you know, the scene in the cabin and then some stuff at the end. But I think this is a really fun movie. I highly recommend it to anyone that that really, if you want to dip your toe into horror and you're not a big horror fan and, and you're showing someone that won't watch it, that won't watch the genre because it's scary to them, I would recommend showing them a film like this so they can get what horror really is. You know, it, I mean, horror and comedy really do go together well when it's done right. And this movie does it right. So I gave it a 7.5. Okay. I'll go ahead and go real quick. Um, I'll go see. after you, Dustin. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's no secret. Like I said, throughout this whole review, I love this movie. The rewatchability factor is through the roof for me. Um, the enjoyability factor the first time doesn't, change that much if i throw it on now and i've seen this movie a ton um the the acting is great the camaraderie between the two lead characters uh just every everything what they were able to pull off with such a low budget uh it's just really great to me so my favorite kill i went with mike and the wood chipper so like i said i mean that shit is hilarious uh the way it's done and the the delivery uh of the lines are you okay and then when they're dragging his body he's heavy for a half a man uh, that shit just, I thought that was, that was great. Uh, least favorite kill for me, I went with Mitch running into the tree limb. Now, the setup for it was great. Him running through the woods thinking he's being chased and then the realization, wait, you're not chasing me. We're looking at each other right now. Uh, but it's just from a practicality standpoint. Now, I know that sounds weird because we watched someone get hit in the face with a weed eater. We got uh, people get set on fire. But it's just, you got to be, you, your awareness, if he was a Madden character, his awareness would be negative four. You gotta look, be around, your, be aware of your surroundings. He ran straight into a to a tree limb and went out like a little bitch. So that's my least favorite kill. Uh, my rating for this movie though was an eight point seven five. I know that's probably higher than the rest of y'all, but I just I, I unapologetically love this movie. <laughs> okay, uh, my favorite kill is Mike and the Wood Chipper as well. I wrote it's a horrible way to die, and I always laugh when Tucker asks, "You okay?" Uh, <laughs> My least favorite kill, I went with the uh, the 80s chick or whatever who was stabbed in the throat with a machete just because I thought it looked so bad. Uh, but, you know, you could have picked either of the two news anchors at the beginning as well. Uh, I, I think the actors who portrayed Tucker and Dale did a great job. Uh, specifically, Alan, is it Tudic? Is that how you say it? Alan Tudic? Yes. I feel Tucker carries this movie. Uh, the college kids play the typical slasher kids well. Fun kills and good gore for the most part. A few of the cast members, like I said earlier, they commented on our post just saying how fun this was to be on set, and you could tell. Uh, I like this movie for what it is. The first time I watched it, I got several good laughs, but with more rewatches, it's just it, the laughs aren't as good to me. Uh, I feel like after we get in the house, it does lose me a bit, except the scenes with Tucker. Uh, specifically, like after the wreck, there was nice dialogue between the two. But Dale fighting the Chad scenes, it just made me miss Tucker, honestly. Still enjoyable, but uh, doesn't have the same lasting effect as Dustin's other pick, Scary Movie 2. Uh, but I still recommend this to anyone for a quick watch. But I gave it the same rating as Scary Movie 2. I gave it a 6. But I would pick Scary Movie 2 over this, personally. Okay, yeah. Um, 
I, I short and sweet. I, I thought the horror aspects were well done. You know, the comedy was on point. Um, it's definitely a movie. I feel like that I could pop in whenever. Um, I, I have only watched it um, like one and a half times probably. So um, I can't speak to uh, it going downhill after multiple, multiple rewatches or not. But uh, as of this one, um, I, I really liked it. I uh, actually, the, my, uh, oh, I got to do worst, worst death and, almost just rated it. Um, worst death to me was, uh, the dude that, uh, was impaled in the, in the hole with him when he fell on the stick and fell on, uh, on Dale. Um, I just, I don't know. It just didn't really look great to me. Like, you know, it almost looked like, you know, when you stab somebody with a sword and it goes, you know, in their armpit, that's just kind of, I don't know. It just didn't look good to me. And, uh, I, I loved the, uh, the, uh, saw blade kill the beginning. That was, that's still kind of my favorite one just cause it came out of nowhere. Now, um, and that actually, was a great kill. It was a great yeah. kill. Um, and I actually rated this one an eight. All right. So that puts our, uh, composite score at a 7.5625. And I wanted to say that, uh, I mentioned it earlier that I was going to say why I didn't count the saw blade one. And I remembered, Nico, when you said your least favorite kill. So I didn't count the ones that happened in sepia tone filter because I don't know if they were really kills. What I mean by that, like you got the news reporter that dies at the first and then the guy that killed, uh, you know, that is in the lost footage or the found footage. Those two, uh, you don't know if, if they really died or what that was really all about. And then when Chad is telling the story of the, the people getting killed and we see the machete to the throat and the saw blade kill, I don't know if those really happened or if that was just a ghost story. So that's why I didn't include them as far as the way they were done. Yes. I love the creativity of throwing a saw blade, but I just went with tangible characters that I know were a part of the film. Bro. He ninja starred that saw blade. So, <laughs> so fucking epically. It was awesome. It was um, awesome. What'd you say our cumulative was for this? 7.5625. 7. 7. We nailed IMDB. We got theirs is a 7.5. With 165,480 ratings. We were nice. basically right on it. Again, wow. it's almost like we know what we're doing over here. Um, one thing I forgot to say, I, I, and I touched on it briefly, but this, I believe, is the first movie we've reviewed that has the name of the show as a line of dialogue in the film. Dale looks at Allison as she goes, at, when she wakes up the second time to go outside, Dale says, and I quote, don't go out there. So nice. I believe that's the first time we've had that in a movie we reviewed. Maybe someone else knows. I don't know. But from what I remember, it's the first one. What What's Dale's character's name? Or his real name? Tyler Labine. Tyler Labine. Hey, Tyler Labine. I appreciate the shout out, man. Uh, but this, uh, we got a couple more show, uh, another bonus show this week. Um, since Sunday, I think it's Sunday, Valentine's Day, uh, we're going to be reviewing the 2001 holiday themed horror movie, Valentine with Denise Richards and former, uh, how would you say it? She was that chicken scary movie or scream Four, excuse me. The, uh, the cop, what's her name? Marley something. I can't remember, but we're taking on Valentine. It's going to be a fun movie to review. And Brian, you want to announce your pick for horror comedy? Oh boy. 
<laughs> not only my favorite horror movie, it's my favorite horror comedy. It's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Ghostbusters is coming up next yeah. week. Oh boy, big, big one, big one. Can't I'm wait. not gonna lie. That's Ghostbusters might be the most nervous I've ever been doing a show just because. I don't want to let Brian and Dustin down with my scene by scene. I might send y'all my my script I write up just to see if it passes y'all's uh, uh, well, y'all satisfaction. Don't worry about us. You'll have to answer to Zool if you fuck it up. So I was gonna say Zool. Listen, listen. I know that it's not the most perfect movie in the world, so I will accept the nine point nine rating. I, oh, I will God. accept that. Yeah, same oh, same. option. Yeah. I'm very sorry to the both of you. That's all I'm gonna yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> Me, me and Mike team might actually be up. on the tag team for the first time ever. <laughs> hey, no, nah, I think Nico might have it a little lower than me, but I, I definitely don't have it at a 9.9. I can tell you that. Wow. Also, wow. speaking of Valentine, I'm going to go ahead and get an early one in here. Denise Richards, call me sometime. Okay. All right. Hmm. 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 <laughs> Sorry, something I said? <laughs> no. Do y'all got any more final thoughts on Val? <laughs> I almost said Valentine. Final thoughts on Tucker Dale before we get out of here? No. Nah, I love it. Hey, fun pick, Dustin. It was a fun watch. I'll, I'll, I'll say fun pick, fun fun time watching the movie. Absolutely. Hey, we really appreciate all the support. Um, y'all have been great fans. Uh, check out Loot Crate. Use our code BF15 for 15% off. And if you got an iPhone, iPad, go give us a five-star rating while you're at it. We really appreciate that. Y'all have a good one. Just want to remind everybody. listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them listen to people are the worst now on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts